Welcome to the Remarkability Institute podcast, turning the art of communication into the science of remarkable results. BART is committed to giving 1 million people their voice. BART is committed to giving you your voice. It's time for you to stand up, step out, and speak up. With more than 30 years experience helping people develop their communication skills, build their confidence, and find their voice, here's your host, Welcome Queen. to the Remarkability Institute. This is Bart Queen, your host. I am especially excited for the four-part series that I'm going to run over the next couple of weeks on virtual communication. Guys, I think we're in the absolute perfect storm. So let's take a look at what's happening right now. Number one, technology is constantly improving and the competitive advantage is to have the right technology in the right situation. Number two, we're, we're working really hard, no matter what industry you're in, whether you're with a big company or an entrepreneur, to somehow have that cutting edge, that one thing that inches you above everybody else. And then, of course, currently today, we are facing world challenges, both from a health perspective and from other political and business perspectives, when all those come together, in my mind, we're facing really the perfect storm. I believe that you and I have the ability to overcome that perfect storm. And I believe one of the things that we can do to do that is to be able to master the way we communicate from a virtual perspective. Most of us, especially if you're in sales, especially if you do any type of customer-facing situations, the importance of being face-to-face and having a conversation. But if we look at the challenge that the world is throwing us right now, some of that opportunity is taken from us. So how do we find a place? How do we take what we've normally done face-to-face where you feel comfortable, take all that strength, And now somehow put it in this virtual format, into this black box, into technology, into a computer screen, and take your personality and make it come forward through that. In this four-part series, I'm going to cover two major buckets. Bucket number one, I'm going to spend a fair amount of time on the actual overall look at what this virtual communication should be, meaning that I believe that there are three key pieces. There's pre-your virtual meeting, there's the actual meeting, and there's post-virtual meeting. That's the first two segments. So really looking at what your meeting should look like. And the second piece, two parts again, I'm going to break that up into the structure that I believe will help you communicate the most effectively. What I want you to do is not only become virtually literate, I want you to become virtually fluent in the way you communicate with your clients, with your customers, with the people that you need to interface with. What I want you to do today is begin to learn 
at a higher level some of the aspects that you need to build awareness around and begin to incorporate them into the way you're communicating virtually. What I want to make sure is in these next four sessions that you come across as confident, you come across as conversational, no different than if you were having a cup of coffee at Starbucks, and I want to make sure that you have the ability to connect with the people that you're communicating virtually with. So let's really begin to dive into this and what it looks like. From my perspective, we've got some virtual challenges that we've got to be able to take a look at and begin to figure out how we're going to handle. Most people, if you look at the virtual world, are going to say that the biggest challenge is the actual meeting. The biggest challenge is right now I'm using Zoom, I'm using a webcast, I'm using Microsoft Teams, I'm using some flat platform to communicate with my customer and my listeners. Right now, this moment is the biggest challenge. I don't believe that's correct. The biggest challenge you and I face is getting people to schedule, commit to coming to your meeting, to your virtual situation to your virtual training class to your virtual sales call i think that's one of the bigger challenges and the second one is then once you've got them to commit how do you move them to action really the actual meeting is really 10 percent. that is 10 percent of your challenge 90 percent getting them to commit and then getting them to move to action now once you've got them there that third real big challenge is how do I create interaction? You and I have sat in a, enough webcasts, in enough virtual meetings where you're just looking at a slide and it is all one way coming at you. There's no interaction. So the challenge for you and I, how do we build interaction into what we're doing? The next bigger challenge, especially if you're more of a global company, if you're a global entrepreneur and reaching all parts of the world, then you've got cultural and language issues that offer a challenge. And then you add on top of that time zones. I was doing some virtual training for several of my clients. And one of my clients was in Singapore. And she said, Bart, this won't work for us. And I said, what, what's the biggest challenge? She goes, it's the wrong time. So even though I've scheduled it for most of the East Coast and most of Western Europe, what I failed in my thinking was to realize that the Asia-Pac part of the world, there's a 12-hour difference. So if I'm doing something at noon, it is midnight their time. That doesn't work. So now do I need to do two, do I need to do two virtual meetings? One at 6 a.m., which is 6 p.m. in Asia-Pac and parts of Asia-Pac, and then one at noon hitting more of the United States and Western Europe. Challenges. And then what platform am I going to use? What technology is best? When I first started doing virtual meetings, I laid it all out mostly through Zoom. <clears throat> and then one of my clients came to me and said, due to security issues, our IT department will not let us do Zoom. You're going to have to do Microsoft Teams. So I take everything I learned in Zoom learn Microsoft Teams, 
Now, both of them are fairly similar, guys. I get that. But there are some nuances and things that just add a degree of difficulty that you have to think through. Those are some of the challenges that you and I are going to face, and we've got to be able to overcome them if we want to come across and connect with our customers, if we want to be able to have a conversation, and we want them to perceive me to be confident. But now let's just look at it from a communication perspective. Those were more virtual challenges, but just purely communication. Number one, creating engagement. How many of you have been on some type of a virtual meeting, a webcast, whatever it may happen to be? Let's say your executive team was running some type of a kickoff and you were at your home office, you're in your cubicle, and you're paying attention. Be honest with me now. What else are you doing? Yeah, if you raised your hand and said, oh, oh my gosh, I'm doing email, you'd be correct. You're doing something else because you're not engaged. So how do I create that engagement? And I've got to be able to do that quickly. And then how do I develop a connection? Now, if you're face-to-face, you're looking people in the eye. There's a greater connection. But how do I connect through this screen? And especially if you've turned camera off because you've got a large group of people. I know when I do some virtual communication from home, guys, Because my internet is not hardwired, it comes in actually through my television, the system isn't that strong. So if I turn off my camera, I get less challenge in my internet. And then there's just, does the technology work at times, making it difficult for us to communicate? So we've got a couple of things. We've got virtual challenges and we've got communication challenges that you've got to be able to deal with. Whether you're learning a new skill or sharpening your existing skill set in communications, you have an approach to learning that works best for you. The challenge is whether the training you need is face-to-face or virtual. The question becomes how do you find training that matches your learning style? The Remarkability Institute with Bart Queen offers participants learning options online, self-directed, virtual or a combination of virtual and classroom to drive both behavioral change and knowledge transfer. For more information, visit us at bartqueen.com and go to the Remarkability Institute tab to learn more. So with those challenges in mind, let me lay out some principles that I think are important to help us overcome those. Now, if you followed me in any of the podcasts, some of this may be a review for you. And some of you, if you're just joining me, you may find this to be new information. But these are foundational pieces. We've got to be able to do the ordinary things extraordinarily well. And if we're not, we're missing out on some of these basic communication principles. So let's go with the first one. The first one is this idea, okay, here are my choice. Tell them more or get them to remember more. Most of us are show up and throw up. Most of us, when we do these type of things, you are going so fast through slides. I would not call it a PowerPoint presentation. I'd call it a movie. Now, you've spent hours and hours crafting those slides, but you barely give me time to absorb them, let alone have a conversation. So if there's one paradigm shift I would want you to take, both face-to-face and virtually, it's to go from tell me more 
this idea, pardon me, of tell them more to the idea of how do I get them to remember more? How do I get somebody to walk out of this podcast and remember some of the principles that I've taught you or shared with you? That's my goal. My goal is not to overwhelm you with information in any podcast that I do. I want you to walk out with principles that you can use, whether that's with your family, with a business situation, you're an entrepreneur, or you're adding the information into a TED-type talk or a keynote type of speech. Now, with this idea of building the conversation and building connection, everything that I teach and share is based on three major goals. How do I build trust? How do I build relationship? And how do I build engagement? From a 100,000 foot level, those three goals should drive everything you do from a communication perspective. If I could write the script for you, mom, dads, every morning when you wake up, when you put your legs over the edge of the bed, you're wiping the sleep from your eye, before you ever stand up, before your feet ever hit the ground, Ask yourself one question. How do I deepen the trust between me and my spouse? And how do I deepen the trust between me and my children? How do I deepen my trust between me and my parents? It should be the number one thing you think about. The CEO of Pepsi, I heard her once say that the new global currency will not be money. It's going to be trust. There's one of my favorite books called God is a Salesperson, and it talks about this idea that people buy trust before they buy a solution tool or product, and that they buy trust before they buy the provider, meaning you or me. That's got to be a key ingredient. Now, virtually, it's even harder, guys. It's even harder. So now how do we tighten that up? How do we shorten that process around building trust? When it comes to relationship, just remember that people buy from people and they buy from people that they like. So if I just stopped right there and said, guys, you have two key factors you have to build, your trust factor and your likability or your approachability factor, make that come through on your laptop. Ask yourself that. Okay, next week when I do this virtual class, how do I get that trust factor to come through? How do I get my approachability and my likability factor to come through when all they hear is my voice? They can't see my smiling face. They can't see what I'm doing. Now, we haven't even talked about how do I engage them? How do I keep that engagement high? We talked about interaction. How do I engage them in the first eight seconds? How do I make that happen? Those three goals, to me, just naturally blend into what I call the three level of selling. There's so what, me too, and I need that, or I need you. If somebody opens up and says, hi, my name is Bart Queen. This is the company I work for. We've been around for 25 years. Our numbers are X. We've got this number of employees, and we're globally located anywhere in the world. You're going to go, so what? Who cares? I don't care. You've heard that a million times from people if you've listened to a salesperson come in and present to your company. What I want them to say about you is, me too. I'm just like that, or I've had that similar experience. So think about people that have gone to the same university. They experience the me too factor. 
The same, if you go to the same church, you get a Me Too factor. If you've been in an aspect of the military, you have a Me Too factor. We can physically look at the Me Too movement with women. We can see that Me Too factor. You can see the Me Too factor in people that have gone through a cancer experience, a horrible tragedy, a hurricane. That's all part of Me Too. What you should be driving them to saying is, I need that. I need that solution. I need that product. I need that service. Now, if you think about them saying, I've got to have it. I need that. Is that price or value? That's all value. But if they're so what? That's all price. You're going to get pushback. It's not what you want. Again, your overall goal with trust, relationship, and engagement is connection, conversation, and confidence. That's what you want to be the outcomes. Connection, conversation, and confidence. Connection, conversation, and confidence. Now, within that, in my mind, in any communication situation that you're in, you have three things you've got to be able to control. Number one, you have to be able to control yourself. Number two, you have to be able to control your content. And number three, you got to be able to control your circumstance or the situation that you're in. Let me give a little bit more detail on each one of those. You got to be able to control yourself. I remember once seeing a politician up on a stage pre-election and one of the people in this town hall meeting was asking this potential candidate a couple of questions and they were pushing and they were pushing and they were pushing and the candidate finally lost control and got right up in this person's face. What was in the news the next day was not the constituent, it was the candidate having lost control, lost their patience, lost control of the situation that he was in. You've seen that in sales situations where a CEO or an executive comes after a salesperson. What about this? What about this? What about this? And then all of a sudden, the salesperson gets defensive. They start backing up. They fold their arms. Their voice goes up. They've lost control. And as soon as you lose control of yourself, you're real, you've lost. The second place you have to be able to control is your content. And what I mean by this, guys, is somebody takes you off track. I am talking about solving an issue with compliance, regulatory issues. And some person asks a question about X and takes me way off track. Now, you have a choice. Do I go down that rabbit hole, address the comment, and come back? Is this valuable? Do I stay there for a while or a short amount of time? You've got to be able to control your content. But I will toss to you, if you're not crisp in what your number one message is, what your three supporting messages are, and your three key whys, you can't come back on track. Because you don't have any signposts that you can grab hold of and bring everybody back. When I'm helping somebody with a press and media situation, I will ask them, what's the one single message you're trying to drive? And they'll give me a whole bunch of stuff. No, what's your one single message? They'll give me a whole bunch of stuff. And I'll come back and I'll say, okay, let me put it to you this way. What do you want the headline in the article to be? And what do you want the main 
sentence, the Twitter type message, do you want them to remember to put in that article? They'll give me a PhD speech. They won't give me a soundbite. So in that press and media situation, you have to have a soundbite because that's all that reporter wants. You may get a reporter who says to you, I've gotten an article. I just need one, one little soundbite from you and your company. And you're going to give them a 45-minute presentation. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for that soundbite. But you've got to be able to control your content. And that last piece is you have to be able to control the circumstance. Now, a lot of this is your facilitation skills or your skills when it comes to answering questions. One of the principles I teach in controlling the circumstance is this. If someone in your audience asks a question, when you finish the answer to that question, it should drive the next question. When you answer that question, the last sentence should cause that audience or that individual to ask you the next question. If you're doing that, you're driving the conversation. They are not. That's controlling the situation or the circumstance. Those are all skills, and they're just as applicable in the virtual world. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Remarkability Institute with Bart Queen. Make your voice count today. Stand up, step out, and speak up. Your voice counts. Visit BartQueen.com for show notes and other resources to help you turn the art of communications into the science of remarkable results.